Inherently Happy, Episode 8, Challenge Happy. So you've entertained happy. What's the harm, you tell yourself? Madness isn't catching. But is happy? Madness is a thing we try to avoid, like the plague. The mad plague. It sneaks up on you, unsuspecting, and un- it speaks... It- It sneaks up on your unsuspecting and unconditioned mind, sticking its hot and cold running fingers into the shapeless mass of your flabby psyche. But when you exercise your mind, using all the emotions, beliefs, and imagination, then you can experience the human condition in a happy way. When I was in high school, I was a theater nerd, a techie, a drama club kid. Sure, but more angry than emo. I was only concerned with theater, devoting all my free time to building sets and attending rehearsals, blowing off homework and getting academic probation and going into detention with all the bad kids who got to know me and the teacher was like, hey, you know, because I wasn't a bad kid necessarily. I just was on academic probation. Because I blew off my homework and did a lot of theater. Until I could take theater classes, then that was my homework. But I wasn't there yet. So I was always building sets, attending rehearsals. And the theater, gra- the theater crowd were my fellow misfits. And the family I had chosen. We laughed and worked and played and suffered together. And then we were targeted and provoked And our resistance was called treason, which busted us up, decimating our ranks and sending me to other groups, needing one back then. I found none. Achingly. I wasn't sure if I should pursue my dream of professional professional stage work, being a techie. We'd been hired at a professional theater company thanks to our expertise and experience, even as high schoolers. I myself worked on every single show since freshman year, all the way through, every single show. The traveling shows of theater companies and dance companies and music performances, uh, the, sh- the shows that we put on every quarter, every term, semester, semester. We call them semester. Every semester, you know... So, I, I, you know, I, I was mostly a techie. Eventually, I got, like, a walk-on capacity. But as a techie, I was, like, the bomb. You know what I'm saying? I ran a light board one time. I did the sound board, which was sound, live sound mixing during a musical from the back of the house. Not in the booth, which is up by the ceiling, but behind the back row. So I could hear when the singers were coming to the stage, front of the stage, and I had the microphones on the foot of the stage, and then I didn't, I had a little feedback adjuster so I wouldn't blow people's eardrums out. And, but as an actor, I had no character. I just recited the words. So I was given announcer roles and the like. I was terrified of the stage and liked very much when I was done with a performance, whatever it was, however short. The camera... And audio recording I do now, I like much better. Because it's private. I'm here by myself. Even if it later becomes public, 
By then, I've already recorded it, and I'm not scared anymore. But eventually, I will get back into the habit of public speaking. Um, it won't be so nerve-wracking anymore. When I was a freshman in high school, uh, when I was a freshman in college, I was in a class that they put all their tables in a semicircle so you could see everybody else. You're all facing each other, and there's no like second row. So you're all right there. And then we had to go around the ring and like give talks and stuff that we'd prepared, you know, on, on, a, on a given assignment. And I'd never really raised my hand in class. I blew off my homework. I didn't really talk in class. The, the, the tests were excruciating. But in theater, I knew my stuff, you know. And but in college, you know, when I was a freshman in college, I was so nervous to talk in class that I could feel my heartbeat in my tongue. And when it was my turn to talk, my heartbeat was so loud. I was shaking, you know, I could feel it in my hands, my tongue, everywhere. And and I just had to like look around. Everybody else already gone because I'm near the end of the alphabet. And I was just like, I was amazed by these people, you know, how comfortable they were. Just like, you know, what I studied was, you know, and I was wondering if I should, I'm like, they just seem so off the cuff. Like this was a stage performance being looked at by all the rest of the class and like saying something smart now. And, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do the research or anything like that. You know, I just kind of take remedial classes in college because like I said, I blew off all my homework. You know, it's not like everyone needs an education, but like you should at least learn how to do a few things. And I didn't like learn anything but theater. And here I was in a non-theater class. So I was super nervous. But by the end of college, because I had taken public speaking and I had tried and done this and written poetry and performed at like coffee house skits that I had written and like did all these different things. Then by the time I was a senior, I was very comfortable speaking in front of teachers, parents, students, alumni, whatever, you know. I, I used to read limericks for the people in my dormitories or at bars or after parties. And they just loved my limericks until it got to the point where I couldn't even like get any alone time at all. And people would just come up to me and come up to me and come up to me and come up to me. And I'm like, I understand. Like if, if, if I was making a lot of money and I was rich and famous, I'd be like, okay, well, I'll just, I'll just hang out at home and have like food brought up, you know, or I'll go to a, another country or something like that where people aren't quite so clingy you know like it was just at this college because they knew me there and so sometimes I had to actually I was forced to be a little rude to some fans because they would not leave me be I'm trying to have you know I'm like my you know I'm having a bad time and I'm trying to have a beer quiet beer in a bar and then I get accosted you know and I go to another bar I get accosted you know like I had a lot of fans that would be a little too overt a little too like some of them a little too emo, some of them a little too clingy and emo and others just like, you know, guys and girls, not always sexual or like very rarely sexual, more like romantic for them, from the girls and from the guys like, dude, you got to make me laugh. My life is shit. And I'm like, right now I'm just not in the mood, man. And like, no, please. I'm like, no, leave me alone. For one thing, I'm trying to write something else. Some of my more serious stuff. And I need like a headspace. But then I would have to ask myself the question, why did you come to a party? I'm like, oh yeah. 
because I always used to be a wallflower party, so it was just a nice place to have other people around and then me just to be off in the corner. But that also meant that once people got to know me because of the funny little limericks when I was in a good mood and other little poems, then they were like, oh, there he is again. They would get a little drunk and they'd come over like, hey, make me laugh, make me laugh. And then I would have to like either do some sort of crazy act, like I'm hearing my, my name being called everywhere. Hello, 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 hello. I don't know. Nobody's there. And then they'd be like, uh, you know, and I'm like, oh, so I'll eventually get back into the habit of public speaking, I'm sure. And, and not, you know, going out into public unless I'm willing to amuse people, you know? And right now I'm not willing to go out in public and to amuse people. I'm, I'm willing to sit in my room, uh, and talk to the air and, have something recorded while that's happening. Um, and then later on, people can like consume it at their leisure. Also probably alone. And you can kind of understand what I'm talking about. You know? You know, even though it's like, oh, I hate being alone. Like this can help you feel less alone. So maybe it's just the desperate need of a lonely person. But we're all a little bit lonely. So hmm, as long as you temper your desperation... I mean, you, you you might not notice that I'm all the feelings all the time. You'd never know. I mean, you'd peg one or two, sure, but not all of them. I am all the emotion. I'm angry right now. I am scared off my fucking dick right this second. And I'm hopeful as a motherfucker. And I'm glad, too. I'm very sad. And I'm guilty. And and I'm happy. Because not one of those is wallowing. Not one of those... Because they're all there all the time. It's not like, oh, well, don't be sad. Because then you're in danger wallowing in it. I'm like, no. Wallow, you, you spin into a little eddy. That's carved from your infrequent rushing a river rushes yes and it blows past these eddies after a while you know and cleanses out the riverbed but when it starts to move slower then the eddies can kind of just be like drifty little spirally turns but if you're all the feelings all the time letting the river rush on, then you just sweep past all these things. And you don't wallow because you're always you're always angry. You're always you're always angry. You're like, well that's terrible. You don't want to always be angry. Imagine all the cortisol or whatever, like you stress one. Like, no, because it doesn't stress you out if you do it all the time. If you're exercising it all the time, I'm constantly mad that people hate each other. That constantly pisses me off. And it also makes me sad. But I don't hate everybody. But I do sometimes. But I don't. But yeah. You guys are jerks sometimes. But then you're kind of cool. And so I have all these opinions of people in my life and the world at the same time. And it's easy to do. You're like, no, you can't think of two things at the same time. Oh, really? I'm in the state of California. And I'm also in the country America. Holy crap, how can I be in both at once? That's impo- I'm also in a house. 
I'm also in a solar system. Well, if you don't believe that, you at least believe the, the state and the country part. And I'm also in a certain section of the country. It has its own name and its own web presence and sites and parades and parks and news stations. You know, if you've lived in different parts of the world, there's a local concept of where it is. The Twin Cities or the three counties or the southern this or the coast of that or they all have catchy little names you know which you don't you might not see on the map or you might you know like the tri-county you know auto fair you're like oh why why is it tri well because these three counties have a lot in common and they're close to each other you know so we just group them together and we call it the tri-county area you know like or or you're like oh we're we're in the northwestern part of our state we're in the southern part of our state you know like everything has its region and you can be more than one thing at the same time and i'm telling you i'm all the things all the time and that's how you be happy that's the brilliant light that shines from the sun from happy the photons of will that a prism can split up into its component parts, but together it is all of them. So, if you know, but sometimes I can lean too far on one because everything crashed down and things are really, really bad. But even in those times of earth-shattering depression and tragic sadness or blinding anger, injustice, revenge, thinking, all that kind of stuff, I'll still make a joke. I'll still try to amuse myself. I'll still try to laugh. I'll still try to dream, try to imagine. And it might seem dark and I might, but at the end of it, I'll be like, you know what? It'll probably last a couple of months because I can see past it. I can see the big picture. I can see the happy of it all. So that's how I can be all the things all the time. And therefore, you're like, oh, therefore, none of the things. I'm like, no, therefore, none of the things too much. They're all kind of even. And every once in a while, I inflate one a little bit larger than the others, but not for long. Two months at the outside, when something really is shattering, you're like, because you might think, oh, you know, I'm never going to see past this. I'm never, like when I was a kid, when I, you know, and a girl I liked didn't like me back and my friends were like, oh, you know, you'll get over it, you know. Yeah, even even like 13-year-olds will say, you'll get over it because they maybe had an experience when they were 12 or 10 or something. You'll get over it. You always fall in love and, you know, stuff like that. And you're like, I'll never get over it. And guess what? You eventually get over it. Unless you kill yourself. But then who knows what happens after that. We'll get to that in a later episode. So, yeah, that's how you can be all the things all the time. That's how the Hulk can be angry all the time. You know, when I watched that Avengers, the first Avengers, and Mark Ruffalo is, you know, like, how can you control it and everything like that? As soon as he asked that question, I was like, oh, because he's angry all the time. You know, like, it just, it, it seemed so obvious to me. And then it just so happened the very next line, he goes, because I'm angry all the time. I was like, hey, hey I knew it. I, I just said that. Because it makes sense. Because it makes sense. Like, how can you control something, turn it on and turn it off at will? You have to build up to it. There's a Moshe to it. He's like, no, there isn't. Because I'm angry all the time. So it's already on. The switch is already on. You just don't know it. 
You just don't know that I'm angry right now. You don't know I'm angry at everything. I just feel this anger inside me. So I could just be like, you know, I'm like still angry, but now I'm green too. You know, when I, when I was a senior, I, um, I joined cross country. Okay. This, this, this leads to a point, you know, the exercising of emotions. Okay. I joined the cross country team. Because my big brother had basically given up on me ever caring about a team sport. And even though running is a team, it's a very individual aspect. Like you run. It's your race, you're running. And then later on, they tally up the scores, you know. Whereas in a team sport, you like, you got to rely on each other, you know. So he'd pretty much given up on me trying to get me to play team sports. Like his favorite team sport, lacrosse. A big New England thing. I played that fucking game for five years, okay? And I was, I played an excellent bench warmer. Like, people are like, oh, I I warmed the bench. I'm like, I was good at it. I enjoyed it. I couldn't wait to get back to my fucking bench. I didn't want to be out on the field in the middle and and have people throw me the ball. And then what? Oh, my God, stage fright. I don't even want, I don't want to play your stupid game. But I could play because my brother fucking drilled me all the goddamn time in this train me we we played lacrosse which is played with a solid rubber ball the size of a baseball okay solid rubber like like a like a, a little rubber ball the size of a large marble can bounce over somebody's house okay so a large rubber ball okay it, it's a little harder to bounce because it has inertia thank you but if you're playing on the street not on the grass and you pass it to somebody and they miss, it is gone, man. It is gone. And now you have to sprint after it so that it doesn't roll down the grate into the sewer. Okay? And you have about 100 yards before it gets there. And there's a slight slope to the street, so it might, like, bounce over to the top on on this side, but then eventually it'll bounce back over on this side, and then it'll start to roll back down. So you do have some time, but you got to sprint. And so I was really good at running and scooping up that stupid ball. And and when I was on the grass, I was like, well, that's how fast it is. Psh, I could run faster than that. And I could scoop it up and everything like that. But I didn't want to. I did the drills, you know. And, you know, there's man ball drills. Okay, so you have like this net on the end of a stick and you can scoop things with it. You know, like a big spoon. And it, because it's a net, it'll it'll sit on the net. You know, it takes up some of the shock so it's not bouncing around so much. Although girls lacrosse, it bounces around a lot more because it's taut. Whereas guys across, then you make a pocket there, you know. And and so and then you can by you know pivoting your wrists, you can throw it, you know, really really fast. So you need a helmet and some shoulder pads and some elbow pads and some gloves, but that's it. You don't get anything on the knees or anything in the shins because you're not supposed to hit there. And so, yeah, you know, I was good at it. And the man ball drill is the coach throws out the ball onto the grass and it bounces all crazy erratic. And one person shouts, man, and runs at the other person. And, and the other person shouts, ball, and runs at the ball. And the man is trying to knock you down. And the guy with the ball is trying to scoop low and get that ball before he gets knocked down. And you don't decide beforehand who yells man or human, who, who, whoever yells whatever first, the other person does the other thing, you know? 
So if you go, ball, the other person goes, man. It's like that. But usually you can size up the person across from you pretty easily. If they got a look of like, I'm going to kill you in your eyes, they're probably going for man. And if you're just like small and wiry, you're probably going for ball. Okay. So yeah, I always went for ball. And so I am up against a tall, muscular dude. And I am a not as tall, not as muscular dude. You know, this is high school. And before I started the cross country, because I've been playing high school since 7th grade, 8th grade, ninth grade, 10th grade, and 11th grade. And I finally went to cross country in 12th grade. Senior. So, I went for the ball. And having practiced with my brother, I knew that you run and you scoop and you keep on running. You don't stop and pick it up. You just keep, you run, you scoop right through it and you keep on going. No slowing down. And, and you just got to hope that you catch it on a bounce that you can, like, anticipate. Because sometimes it hits a, hits a crazy tuft of grass and it goes, and then you got to switch direction and go fast over here. But luckily, it was going pretty straight because the coach had thrown it pretty hard. And he's like, oh, I'll get this guy. But I've played on pavement. This is nothing. So I'm going full tilt for the ball. And the other dude, the captain of the team, who does not like me because I'm a theater geek, and his girlfriend acted in a play because it looks good on the resume. And in the play, she had to kiss a dude. And the captain sat in the front row and started calling her a whore and disrupting the theater. And theater people hate anyone that disrupts theater. We take it very personally. We work on it really hard. And we don't like it if you're disrespectful. And so they did not like him, but they didn't know what they could do to him because he's a rich kid captain of the lacrosse team, untouchable, dating the valedictorian girl who he just called a whore. And she dumped him. Thank goodness. Not soon enough. But we just did not like him. And here he is not liking me right back. And so he went for man and I went for ball. I scooped low. I followed through. I picked it up. I, he, he did try to make contact with me, but I barely noticed it. I, I, picked, I practically jumped over him, you know, and, uh, and I was like, you know, I was like, thank you to my brother for, you know, that I don't particularly like your sport. And I did thank him. I don't know. I just want to thank you. Um, but I did not particularly like his sport, but I did appreciate that I had that particular skill at that particular time. I would have much preferred if I was back in the theater and I wasn't doing the stupid game in the first place. But since I had to, I was gonna. And earlier that season, when we had first done man ball drills, because I didn't, we never did them in seventh and eighth grade. This was high school now. And, and I, and, and this time the coach, being a bit of a dick, he's a bit of a jock and I'm not, and he knows I'm not. And so he sides with the jocks and he threw the ball straight up in the air. And that's not the drill. The drill is you throw it on the ground. You don't throw it straight up in the air. But I suppose it could come from up high. It's very friggin' rare, though. Usually people throw low, and it bounces. But I suppose you could do a frickin' lob ball. And so he threw it right up in the air, and I was like, oh, I can catch this. And I'm staring up at it, and the sun's a little bit in my eyes, but I'm, I'm, I'm turning over here, and I'm pivoting. And it's right about... To land, right about to land. And the next thing I know, I'm on my back and I don't know what the fuck just happened. I, I, the whole world spun over and over and now I'm on my back and I'm, I'm winded. 
The wind just got knocked out of me. And the coach leans over my face and says, Welcome to lacrosse, Mr. Ulrich. And I was like, huh, you cunt. Okay. So this was another man ball drill. Same fucking coach. So, yeah. I went fast and I went hard. And I came up with a ball. And I just wanted to say, fuck you, bitches. And nobody was looking at me. Nobody was cheering me. They all have their backs to me. Motherfuckers. They were actually crowded around something. I'm like, what the? So I went over and I'm looking, what are they crowding around? And there's somebody down there on the ground. And he's rolling around, writhing in pain, holding his arm. I'm like, what the fuck? What happened? He broke his arm, someone said without turning around to see me. I'm like, who did? And then he turned around and he goes, you did. And I looked and it was the captain. It was the fucking captain. I must have stepped on his arm when I was coming through the ball and trying to jump over his and trying to dodge his shit. I barely even felt it. I didn't see any cleat marks on his arm. So maybe when I brought my stick down, I don't know. Because I barely, because I was so focused on that fucking ball and going full tilt. He must have been trying to get me low and got fucked. Ha! <laughs> uh, I went to the showers, as you can imagine, laughing my fucking ass off to myself, to myself. I did not want a lynch mob. And I took the fastest shower in human friggin' existence and changed and got out of there before any of them showed up. I'm, that's how fast. I sprinted back, and even if they had started, like, the slow after-practice jog, I still would have gotten out of there without them seeing me. That's how fast. Fucking lightning. And then I went over to the theater and I told them and I was a frigging hero. <laughs> because the asshole that fucked up our show had a broken arm. <laughs> because he tried to knock me down. How is that my fault? I didn't intend to break his arm. I couldn't have intended. I don't know how to fucking break people's arms. I don't even know how I broke his arm. I can only I only take them at their word that there was well it was only two of us in the thing and he wound up on the ground with an arm broken and I wound up with a ball. <laughs> and seriously, I wasn't like, oh, I twisted my ankle on something. His arm. No, nothing. Nothing. I don't even know what the hell they were talking about. Yeah, there was some contact. Barely felt it. Barely noticed it. Dodged it, I thought. But apparently not. Or maybe he's just brittle. Maybe he's friggin' just made out of glass. I don't know. Like Mr. Glass. From Unbreakable. Well, I played lacrosse for five years. And every summer. Until finally I was a senior. I was starting to think about college. Because I never thought I'd go to college. And my brother said, well, they want to see a well-rounded person on, on, you know, on the application. And you don't have a varsity letter. And I've tried to, like, get you better at lacrosse, and you just aren't. And so why don't you try running? You run from everything else. And that had never occurred to me, although I had seen the running team go around the field that we played lacrosse on, and they they seemed to be just, like, enjoying themselves. And I was like, huh, that must be nice. 
You know, it was a small group of them. They seemed free. They could run where they wanted, you know. And we were all stuck here doing stupid drills. <laughs> That's always going to crack me up, though. I broke his fucking arm. Fuck you, you dick. You're a dick. You're a dick. I didn't mean to break your arm. I didn't intentionally break your arm. It, even if I had thought that thought, I don't know that I could have pulled it off. So it was just one of those flukes where you suck and you got yours. Oopsie. I can't really call it karma because karma didn't like have a dickhead coach who threw the ball and didn't have a kind of a jerk brother who forced me to play a sport I didn't like and personality traits of like overprotective and overbearing family members um, making it so that I gravitated towards theater and then getting mad at somebody for being a jerk, you know, like... Maybe if my brother went to the school or my sister went to the school, they would have a different experience. And they would turn into different people and they'd form different crowds and cliques and stuff like that. I was a theater geek. I doubt either one of them would have been in theater. They would have done sports and stuff like that. I'd like to think that they wouldn't have been dumb jocks. My sister, I don't think, is dumb at all. But we can all be dumb. I've been dumb. And my brother, he he's a, he's, he's a decent person. But he wasn't always. So, yeah, I can see that. So, yeah, I, 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 I tried out for cross country. I didn't have great technique. Um, I just had, I had to buy shoes. And I made varsity first time out. Because I, I never slowed down. They set the pace. They were like, okay, we're on the team and we're going to run. We're going to do a run. And we're going to go faster and faster. And you just try to keep up for as long as you can. We're not going to go as fast as we can, because we're varsity. We're going to be back. We're going to be faster than you, but we're going to go to what we need you to be to to get on this team. And I ran, and I just like you know, because I'm a I, I I put a lot of effort into something if it's a very simple thing. Running, you just have to focus on running. Lacrosse, you have to focus on running, catching, throwing, not getting hit, hitting other rules. You know, like, what does this play mean? Where, where do we go in this play? What position am I in? You know, none of that. None of that. Cross country is like, okay, when I tell you to run, start running. And when you get to the end, stop. Super simple. You're going over tree branches and rivers and little ponds and all, all sorts of, in the nature, because it's cross country, going through the woods. It's great. It's great. But then you come to a hill and then it's tough and you need a strategy. You need a strategy. If you take huge, long strides up a hill, your thighs are going to feel like crap. They're going to burn and you're going to collapse. But if you take small steps, your calf muscles, they're going to burn, sure. But they're tiny compared to your thighs. They're not going to burn as much. I mean, you might say, no, they're going to burn more. Well, you've been practicing, see. But also you're wasting less energy because you're taking little steps. It seems like you sh- it shouldn't work, but it does. Or when you go around a turn, like a, there's a tree or something like that, pour on the speed just a little and then go back to your pace. So that by the time the person who was just behind you gets around the, t- the turn, you're just a little further away than they expected. And it's demoralizing. And then if they get a gumption to try to pass you, hold them off. Whatever you can do, speed up, sprint, hold them off. Do not let them pass you. Eventually, like, just seriously, do not let them pass you. 
Whatever you have to do, do not let them pass. I mean, if they're that much faster than you and you can't let them, okay, what are you going to do? But if you can hold them off that first time, you're golden. Because they're going to try a second time and they're going to try a third time. And they, but the race will be over by the time. There's no one who's ever tried a fourth time. It's just, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody. But no. If you can hold them off three times, you're good. And I put that to the test. And a guy was like, and you can hear him getting aggressive as he's trying to pass. Like, <laughs> and you're just like, nope, 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 nope. Like, not out loud. And like, and then, and you're like dead. You're like, oh, I hope this race is over soon. And you got a, like a downhill slope, a turn, and then an uphill slope. And you're like, fuck. You know, and he tries to pass you again on the down slope. And you're like, shit. And you're like, it's easy to speed up there. And you're already ahead of him. And he has to go not just as fast as you. He has to go faster than you. So if you speed up, he has to go faster than that. If you speed up more, he has to go faster than that. And it's just too exhausting. And then at the home stretch, when we're going up a hill, a slight rise, he tries it again. And I'm like, this is the third time. Motherfucker, do not go for. We don't have enough room. You can't. And I held him off. Finally, passed the finish line before him. I wasn't first or anything, but I was before him. And I was friggin' exhausted. I was like, <laughs> you know, it hurt. My throat was raw. Holy shit. And he had, and once we got our breath and, you know, even athletes, it takes a minute. Um, he came over to me and he's like, no one's ever held me off like that. And I wanted to be like, well, the trick is you hold them off three times, you know, <laughs> that's all it is. And it, but I was just like, yeah, man good race you know because that was like he pushed me he pushed me hard and you know so there's little strategies so there's there there's fun to it there's fun and so at one race i even made it to fourth that my time i I beat 18 minutes for the the 3.1 mile the 5k you know and and that's like hey you know like when you break the 18 minute mark because i hadn't when i started and then then i like all the other Everybody else was faster than me, but they were all like, hey, I remember when I first beat the first 18-minute mark, you know? And they're like, this this was your first year doing it. All of them had done it for previous years. And so I was like, okay. So, yeah, I made varsity my first time out. There were six people on the varsity team, and I was the seventh. Um, and the discipline, the terror, and the release of athletics played to full tilt was mind-clearing. And without theater life to distract me, I still worked every show, but I didn't hang out as much with the remaining misfits. They seemed too insular. Finally. When that had been my attraction in the first place. But now I wanted to go to college and be away from home and free to fuck up and learn at a higher level. My grades improved because I could finally take electives and choose writing and poetry and AP biology, you know, still in high school here. Is that clear? So the sports and the electives and the not blowing off homework, staying up late, getting bad sleep, eating bad food, hanging out in theater all the time, eating junk food, you know, all these factors, you know, not having the same melodrama things going on with all the kids in the theater and, you know, just emotions going up and down and everything like that, but actually, like, enjoying my classes and and focusing on the future and, you know, like, so my mind cleared up senior year 
I got on honor roll and, you know, like seriously, I was taking AP biology and, and, you know, honors English and, you know, like getting into college. And it's like, what? School was downright manageable. Not to say that theater was bad. It's just that I was making it like an addiction rather than like, because I, like I say, senior year, I still worked on the shows. In fact, I got the bigger jobs as a senior. Running the light board, you know, is a big job. You know, you focus, all the lights are under your command throughout the whole show. All the little, you got to turn on this projector and do all this over here and then set all these lights and then fade up to them and then fade down to the next one. You know, you have all these cues throughout the entire show. And, you know, that's a testament to the the clarity of mind that I had. So I got into college, more than one. I chose the smallest and most remote, and uh, since I had applied as a biology major, I had taken AP Biology, but then I found out that freshman year biology is the same exact course as AP High School Biology, which disillusioned me greatly. I was hoping to get to more advanced stuff, and we had to go do the same shit again. I, d- I did not care for that. I got bored. So I switched to writing. Well, first I went undecided, and then I was like, you know, I always like writing. Like, I didn't like any of the individual sports that I played, but the part that I liked the best was the running. Usually running back to the locker room and changing and going away, going back to the theater. But I liked the running part of it. I, like, distilled down all the sporting activities that I didn't like, and then the one thing in it that I did was the running. I distilled down all the courses that I didn't like, but the one thing about it was the creative writing that I liked. So that's what I majored in which sometimes can involve science because whatever it is you learn, you can put into your writing. In college, I developed shin splints when I ran cross country and track because which became bone fractures from running on hard surfaces with failing shoes. I simply didn't know I should get new pairs much more frequently as they wore out. High school was a poor teacher. See, since I was used to running on grass and mud And besides, we had the best runner in the entire history of the state. Of any age. So, we didn't practice. We had a light jog followed by rousing games of ultimate frisbee. The mental focus afforded me by exercise and creative classes and comprehensible concepts did not translate to my judgment, apparently. I should have practiced, and I should have understood. So now I instead exercise my mind, because I can no longer run. I can walk, I can climb stairs, I can swim. But I prefer to exercise my mind primarily. My thoughts, my beliefs, and imaginings. I put all those exercises, suppositions, concepts, and explorations into one easy-to-get thing. Happy. You can have your own individual personal relationship with happy in the same way you have your own individual personal relationship with yourself. If you can only count on yourself, well, count on happy too. For happy is you. Your best you. You at your most true, most pure. Most you. The happy you. 
So now's the time to test happy back, to challenge happy. If you can count on yourself because you know you'll never let yourself down, or even if you do, you'll forgive yourself and try again, then you can count on happy. But first, he must prove that he exists. Or she. The happy you must prove itself to you. And that it can do the amazing things it claims, such as provide something to look forward to, to work at, to benefit from, to help others with. Happy can be all those things. Thinking about happy can provide inspiration. Believing in happy can provide revelations. And being happy can give direction. I am living proof. Happy was revealed unto me, and I've been serving him ever since. It's kept me laughing and creating for decades. And I put this motherfucker to the test. If I'm angry, I might yell, what? You're going to tell me I'm really fucking happy right now? And I'll imagine Happy letting me know that he's still there, but I just got distracted by that asshole driver that tailgated me doing 90. So I had to let Happy talk me down and remind me of the benefits of not hitting the roof quite so often. When I'm distraught and know it might take some time to get better, I treat it like a bad sprain. I stay off it and let mobility gradually return. And when I'm excited, I try not to get manic with it because it can burn too fast and too hot. Totally unsustainable. Exercise the mind, but don't lose control of it. That weighs madness. When you dream tonight, dream of happy, and you'll see what I mean, because happy is merely... Your best you. Ha ha.